0: Bev. Man, I'm already frustrated listening to some of those stories. Traffic, eh? It's funny, there's a group uh, of people here, a great small team that put the the series together and put the overview together. And I know that they're very prayerful about who they have for each topic that they've got in line. So somehow I ended up with uh, the topic of traffic and patience. And uh, I've got to be honest... Danny spoke last week, and he talked about having good days and bad days, and uh, i 've got to be honest, I do have my bad days, and i 'd like to think i 'm having more and more good days in this uh, in this sense, but there 's still plenty of bad days in there. Um, what do I do when i 'm in traffic and i 'm feeling impatient? Well, sometimes I sing a song, one of my favorites is you didn 't have to cut me off, you know <laughs> and uh, I, I will pray, oh, God, get them, you know, smite them. No, not, not really, but you, you, you sort of get in that moment. And one of my favourite swear words is seriously. And uh, the girls at my house know if they hear me say seriously, they need to keep out of the way. But uh, I, I always feel privileged to share here at Door of Hope and to be part of the team that can bring a message. And hopefully you can get something out of this. I do find that when I'm asked to speak on a topic that, that topic seems to surround me. And I seem to see examples of that topic everywhere. And if you think about Tasmania at the moment, have you ever known a time where there's been more roadworks in, you know, in Tasmania? There's, there's just everywhere you go. Like, I, I travel a fair bit for work. I go to Hobart a lot. And you know, at the moment to get to Hobart, you've got to allow three and a half hours to get there. Um, There's just like, you just get out of one and there's another one. And uh, same with going to the northwest. I've been to the northwest most weeks. I go down the northwest. And uh, there's roadworks there as well. I remember leaving here at quarter to four in the afternoon to get to a six o'clock. We're having our work party, end of year party at Wynyard. And it took me two and a half hours to get from here to Wynyard. And that's normally a bit over an hour and a half or an hour and 15 if you're going really fast. Um. <laughs> but you know, you have the internal dialogue, and I have lots of internal dialogue in traffic and in situations where I'm waiting. I'll give you an example. Even the red arrow, that you, that you when you're turning to come down the door of hope, there's a red arrow, and you, you're sitting in queue there, and you, you're like car number four or five, right? And you're sitting watching car number one or two that are at the front and you're waiting for the arrow there and they're having their party and they're talking and having conversations and they haven't got to care in the world. They're easily going to get around when that light changes and then you've got cars number three or four where they're really on the ball and they're like, right, we've got to be on our game to get around this light here and me and car number five, well, I'm on a prayer right there. There's hardly... Hardly any chance I'm going to get around. And you you almost resign to the fact that, oh, I could make it. And then you get there and the light turns amber and you make that decision and you either go around or you wait for the next one. But that's the dialogue in my head. Do you think those cars, number one and two, are actually having a party and, you know, (laughs) we haven't got a care in the world. We're easily going to get around. Those cars behind us, (laughs) we don't have to worry about them. They're not thinking that at all. But I'm thinking it in my head. Another situation is, see, my house, you go up the hill from my house and then there's a T-junction um, onto a fairly busy street. And see, in my mind, there's a bunch of cars parked around that side and there's a bunch, another bunch parked on the other side. And they see me driving up the hill and they go, right, Royce is coming, time to go. And they time it so that there's no break for me. I'm sure they do it. No, they don't. What about when you're waiting in a shop? It's one of those uh, takeaway shops or a shop like that. And you walk in and you go, there's no system here. There's no system for who's next. You walk in, you're in a crowd, you don't know who's ordered and waiting for their coffee or their food. And and you, you walk in, you go, this is chaos. And then there's that person that comes in and they pretend that they're oblivious to it all and they go straight to the front and they order and they're pretending that, you know, and that's going on in my head. But, you know, those moments are where you've got to make a decision. And this dialogue doesn't come from nowhere in me. This dialogue comes from a specific hurt in my life many years ago when I was in a situation and around some people that were quite controlling and they were quite, I felt quite held back by them. And I feel that welling up inside of me in traffic because it feels like the traffic is doing that to me all over again. But I know it's not true. So what did I do when I realised I had that hurt? And I realised one morning when I particularly had a bad day (laughs) around traffic. And so what did I do? I went and got help. And at the time I went and saw Wayne Kerrison, and he was a counsellor at the time, and he helped me, I had a few sessions with him, and he helped me with some techniques, most of which I've uh, used over the years, but it's, it's about calming myself down. So what about, what about foot traffic? You know, uh, we were in Melbourne for two weeks just recently on a holiday, and uh, The the powers that be in Melbourne decided it would be a good time to close some of the city train stations down and to push all that traffic into the tram system which we were using on holiday. And uh, I don't think there was a time in that two weeks where we weren't like standing room only and trams would pull up and you'd just wait for the next one because there was no no chance of getting on. New Year's Eve was the worst. We went to uh, Flagstaff Gardens and We went there to watch the early fireworks and that was about 9.30 and at about 10 o'clock I made the brainwave idea to say, why don't we catch a train to Flinders Street and see if we can see the midnight fireworks there. So we get down into the station and the the trains pull up and as the train pulls up and slows down, you're looking to see how many people are in there and the crowd that was waiting just went, oh, because these trains were just packed Probably not Uganda packed, but they were definitely Melbourne packed. And so we, we were there and two trains came and went. and We got no chance of getting on. And then Tony looks at me, my wife, and she goes, maybe we should give up. And I went, no way, <laughs> we're not giving up. I said, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the end of the platform. So we go to the end of the platform and uh, it was a clever move by me, I must say. <laughs> and uh, we found a gap and we got on the train and I felt triumphant. And then two stops later we get off at Flinders Street and we get off and it's just wall-to-wall people in that place. And that's a big place. So we edge our way towards the escalator to get out and we get on the escalator. We're going up this escalator and we're packed in like this and then you get to the top. There's no room to get off because there's just people there. And the escalator's still going and you're going, those teeth are coming for me. And you're there and you're like... Treading, we're all treading water on this escalator. <laughs> and then finally you get off, and, and you know, there were times where I felt like we could literally get crushed. Anyway, so we got through that scenario, but uh, there were plenty of opportunities to develop patience in the traffic in Melbourne. Another one was when we were coming home. Um, we had two weeks there. I have a wife and two lovely daughters. And most of the two weeks, we were shopping. That's right. And um, I'm a, if you follow Enneagram, I'm a, apparently I'm an Enneagram 7, but I haven't had made the time to study it properly. So that's typical 7, isn't it? 7's are very happy-go-lucky, she'll be right, life's a, life's a party type um, personality style. But I have what's called an 8-wing, apparently. This is what I've been told. And the eight-wing takes charge and you know, says, right, let's get this done, and takes control. So here we are. We've, we've done our two weeks, and we've got our shopping, and we've somehow packed it into all of our suitcases. We actually went and bought an extra suitcase and paid um, this particular airline another 80 bucks to get our two uh, bags as checked-in luggage, and uh, we did our best. But uh, I order an Uber, I've never done that before. I'm a little bit behind the times, but I ordered an Uber and they had a choice, the the compact and the comfort and then the large. And I looked at us and I thought, ah, we could probably probably do the middle one, the comfort. So I thought that'll be right. And we've got two big cases and four little cases and backpacks and other bags and a shopping bag with shoes in it and all of this stuff and we're there waiting and the uber turns up and it's a man in an asx a mitsubishi asx and i'm like that's not comfort those things aren't very big we've got one of them then and, and and he comes out and he looks at our luggage and he goes that's not going to go in here and i went Can, uh, sh- surely can't we give it a try cuz i'm thinking no we're going to have to wait and order another one and you know a big one and it's just going you know we're going not going to hit our plane I said surely we can have a try and he goes oh no no it won't fit I'm not going to try that and my eight wing kicks in and says can I have a go and he goes okay so I open the boot and I grab the big cases and am chucking them in there and chucking everything in the boot and packed it up and closed it and then the girls are looking at me and they end up in the car with bags on there you know Ebony's leg was over Amy and they'd were stacked up like this. I had a hand luggage and a big backpack on my knee in the front seat. The driver couldn't see his left rear vision mirror because my bags <laughs> were in the way, and I looked at him and said, "See, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my eight conquered." And off we went to the airport, and it was just problem after problem. Checking in was just really difficult, and uh, we had all this luggage and. I decided to do the right thing and to weigh my bag, my hand luggage, and it's meant to be seven kilos, and it was 7.1, I thought, really? And I thought, I did the maths in my head, and I thought, there's no way the other bags are under seven kilos, and I thought, we have got too much luggage. So we, we get through, and we're sneaking this luggage, and I'm helping the girls hold their luggage to make it look lighter. and. Uh, you know, we're doing all of that and in, in the end, we're at our gate and I look at the next gate and there's some of the airline staff weighing hand luggage. And I'm thinking, we're done here. We are gone. So I went to the lady at the gate and I said, you know, uh, can you, can you, we've got a bit of a problem here. What can I do? And she said, oh, they won't check this this flight. Uh, You'll be okay. And I'm looking at the line. I'm going, well, that girl hasn't got any luggage at all and that man hasn't. We've only got what they haven't taken on and I'm justifying it in my head. (laughs) And you know what, we're standing in this line and I could not wait for them to call that flight because I wanted to get on that plane and know that we weren't going to get pinned for extra luggage. And we get on the flight. The flight was meant to be 7.00. We get on a bit after 9.30. We land here at like 10.30 and it's like, when we land, just before we land, there was someone that had a medical situation in row five. And uh, so we had to wait for the paramedics to get on so we couldn't get off. Um, then we get our luggage out and we're still making it look light because we get out of the airport and the whole time I'm saying to my wife <laughs> we've done it we're about to get on the plane I said we made it we got through with the luggage and she goes not yet we haven't <laughs> and we get into and we get our luggage and then we get in the car and it won't start <laughs> but you know what in that moment I was so proud of my family because they just took it in their stride. Like, we got, we got to bed at 1am, but I was reflecting on that. And what made the difference is, we'd been on holiday and we were relaxed. What do you do when you're on holiday? If you have a good holiday, what you do is you create margin in your life. You say to yourself, I'm on holiday, let's not rush around, let's sleep in. We can stay up late, we can sleep in the next day. Um, we can go to the zoo um, on this day, we can do that. On, and a good holiday, you don't overdo it. You don't pack too much into it. I know I've had holidays where we have packed too much into it, but we had margin in our life. And there's an interesting scripture in Deuteronomy 24 and verse 19 to 22. And uh, it's God talking to his people, the Israelites, and giving them instruction about how to live. It says this, When you harvest your grain and forget a sheaf back in the field, don't go back and get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow, so that God, your God, will bless you in all your work. When you shake the olives off your trees, don't go back over the branches and strip them bare. What's left is for the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow. When you cut the grapes in your vineyard, don't take every last grape, Leave a few for the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow. Don't ever forget that you're a slave in Egypt. I command you, do what I'm telling you. So if you think about that, that is God saying, leave a margin. Don't squeeze everything out of your harvest. Leave enough room in your life for those around you so that you can be a blessing to people. And I find that I do better in traffic and I am much more patient when I've allowed margin in my life, when I haven't uh, crammed in wall-to-wall meetings. Sometimes that happens to me though. Sometimes I get commitments crowding in in on me and I let, the world seems to um, want everything at a faster, at a faster pace, live life to the fullest, cram everything in. I feel like, as a believer, there's a struggle in me, and it's up to me to leave margin in my life. Because when I do that, I feel like the Holy Spirit in me can um, can express itself himself a bit more. I can be more patient. I can be more loving. Think about the the parable of the Good Samaritan as well. The the there's a a guy that's been robbed and he's there on the street. And Jesus tells the story and he says that the priest walks past and then the Levite walks past. But then the Samaritan, who they were meant to be the lesser of people in that day and age, the Samaritan is the one who has margin in his life, both in his finances and in his time, to help that person out. Sometimes we don't leave margin in our lives And that's when we are at risk of being impatient. When we've left 10 minutes to get to church, we know it's a nine or 10 minute drive, that's when the traffic will really bug me. And it does happen from time to time. But I feel like um, God is calling me to leave more margin in my life so that I can display his character more often. You never know what impact that's gonna have in someone's life when you display patience in a, in a situation like that, or when you are generous with your time when you really didn't need to be or really um, should have been moving on. There's another interesting thing that happened when we were in Melbourne. We went to a church called Planet Shakers. Who's heard of it? Yeah. Yep. We went there and, you know, loud music. and I actually enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And uh, they had the conference, the Planet Shakers uh, conference on. Yeah, after that, yeah. We were... There at the right time. So, one of the speakers, Reggie Dabbs, was speaking. Yeah. The younger guys just, they're engaged, and excited. they're excited, just into it, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, good. And uh, Reggie Dabbs was there, and he's, uh, he's an American preacher, and he's larger than life. And he shared a story um, from the Bible about Lazarus. And I've got the whole scripture there, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to pull out. Key parts. So it starts like this. Um, a man was sick, and it should be on the screen there. A man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. This was the same Mary who massaged the Lord's feet with aromatic oils and then wiped them with her hair. So that's an earlier story. It was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Master, the one you love so very much is sick. When Jesus got the message, he said, This sickness is not fatal, It will become an occasion to show God's glory by glorifying God's son. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, but oddly, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed on where he was for two more days. It's interesting the message says, but oddly. You think about it, this is is a guy that Jesus loved. He'd spent a fair bit of time with Lazarus and with Mary and with Martha, and, you know, this was a close, someone who was close to Jesus, and he was sick. And Jesus knew that he had the power in him to heal him. But he stayed where he was for two days. Isn't that interesting? Think about that. There would have been pressure on him, around him. What are you doing? Lazarus, who you love, is sick, and you're hanging around here. But I believe Jesus was displaying an interesting character trait, and that was waiting on God. You know, it's one thing to know and to seek God's purpose for your life, to say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to do in this situation? Help me make this key decision in my life. It's another thing to wait on God's timing And see, patience is a great thing to develop in our lives, to let the Holy Spirit develop in our lives for the everyday, for the ordinary. Because we can display God's character in situations and we can have an impact on those around us that see that character in us. And and maybe it plants a seed and maybe they go, that guy's different or that girl is different. I want what they've got. And a curiosity might develop out of that. So that's the ordinary. But it's just as important in our longer-term lives, in our key decisions, decisions like who are we going to marry, um, decisions like career changes, decisions like investments. It's not only important to seek God's will and God's purpose in those situations, but also his timing and wait on God's timing. And Jesus... Demonstrated that in this passage where he had, this would have been tough on his soul. He had a soul just like us. This would have been tough, this Lazarus that he loved and cared for. It goes on later on and when Jesus, um, after four days he ends up there um, to, to do something about this. And it says in that moment, Jesus wept. And a lot of you might know that scripture. It's the shortest scripture in the Bible. Jesus wept. So this was something that impacted him in his soul, but he still had the self-control and the character and the patience to wait on God's timing to go at the right time. Um, Amazing demonstration of character. There's other examples um, in the Bible of waiting. King David, for instance. King David was a young man. He was, scholars say he was between about 16 and 19 years old when Samuel the prophet came and anointed him as the next king of Israel. But he was probably 30 years old when he actually took up the throne. There was a long wait for him between knowing that you're gonna be king and actually becoming king. But he demonstrated great character through that time and he had occasions where he could have seized the throne, where he could have pushed his own agenda, but he didn't do that. He waited on God and he let God be in control of his life and be in command. Um, Abraham was around a 100 years old when when he had Isaac, the son of promise. There's an example where he didn't wait, though, where um, Sarai, his wife, and himself decided to take matters into their own hands and they had a son called Ishmael and that caused all sorts of problems in their lives going forward. We need to be mindful also of our eternity when it comes to patience and we we have situations where we need patience and it might be day-to-day stuff like waiting in traffic or um, waiting for a tram or a train or a bus if you're here in Tasmania we also have situations where it's important to show patience in our longer term lives when we're believing for something you know I'm, I'm a I'm I'm the fruit of a lady who had immense patience, who started praying for me and my family when I was probably five or six years old, and saw me as an eighteen-year-old with my life um, sort of off the rails, and I was um, drinking and I was um, had the party life, and she saw that, but she kept praying faithfully, and when I when I hit the the ripe old age of twenty years old, God moved in my heart and I became a believer. You know, she was patient and faithful. She demonstrated that character which I believe God wants in all of us as believers, that pace of life, that ability to have patience and goodness and kindness and self-control. I'd encourage you today to look at your life and if you need to, slow it down a little. Slow it down a little. We talk about 20 minutes in the chair here at Door of Hope, which is just spending some time during the day. A lot of people might like to do it in the morning. Some people prefer it at night. But just having that time to slow down and to wait on him. I know that I can, I can learn to do that better in my own life. Um, Matthew 11:28 28 in the message, uh, it's, it's a great translation, the message, because it, it gives us scriptures in a different language, which sort of makes them stand out a little bit more in my view. And Jesus talks about um, not taking on the world's burdens, but taking on his yoke. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And the message says this line, which is one of my favourites. It says, to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And I think when it comes to patience, that's a key for me. The unforced rhythms of grace. There's a sense in our culture to force our issues, to drive our agendas, to get things done. You know, in my consulting business, people seem to want things quicker and quicker. They want a result in a week, whereas maybe 10 years ago, a month might have done the job. But we've got to to make sure that we live a counterculture and to slow the pace of our life down. That doesn't mean you don't get on and do things. It doesn't mean you don't achieve and you don't do great things with your life. It just means you do them in a measured way that doesn't cost relationships and it doesn't cost you your sense of well-being. Remember that we have eternity to look forward to. We are sons of God, sons and daughters of God. We don't have to earn His approval He has given us his total approval as sons and daughters of God. He no longer calls us servants, but he calls us friends. We can live out of that. We can live out of that pace. We can live out of that sense of worth and that sense that God loves me and it doesn't matter what I do and I can't earn it. But out of that love and out of that approval, I can live a great life and I can have an impact. And I think that's an important um, thing to remember that we put it in the right perspective. But uh, very mindful of eternity. We've got a short time here, uh, but we've got eternity ahead of us. So let's just remember that when we're stuck in traffic, or when we're treading water on an escalator in Flinders Street Station, or when we are just you know waiting in a queue for our coffee or our food. Because we might be able to display a godly character in that moment that might change someone's life for eternity, in Jesus' name, amen.